Hello, once again, welcome to another edition of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. I am your host, as always, the mouth of Michigan, Ron Medica. With me, as always, my co-host, the Merck Zone, Mike Merkel. I'm right here. Conspicuous by her absence once again, the brain Emily Merkel. She's out doing some wedding stuff today, so unfortunately she gets to miss out on all this great content. But you don't have to, so remember to like and subscribe to all of our streaming services everywhere that you like to listen to us, as well as on YouTube, which is live every Monday and Wednesday, respectively. And, Mike, I brought the camera in today. I oh actually managed to do it. I remembered. Wait, you I didn't forget it? I didn't forget it. No, I didn't oh, forget so it. They, can, actually, they, can, they see can see us, us now. They oh, can see us. Wow. I know. You're Look welcome. So oh, we've got so much to go over. We're not talking any of the wrestling stuff. Uh, we're not talking WrestleMania, NXT, or the G1 Supercard on this episode because by the time you guys are hearing this, it have already happened. One more recording it. None of it's happened. So just bear with us and you know, and we'll go over it the next week. Lots of stuff to go over there. What we are going to hit on though... We're going to hit on Bob Quinn, his comments about his draft strategy. We're obviously have another one of the Mercs on Mock Draft Corner episodes. We're going to be talking wings. Uh, We've got the Michigan State Final Four run. And then we're also going to hit on some wrestling stuff. We're going to hit on the John Oliver comments that just happened. Uh, A lot of stuff to go over today. So let's just jump right into it. Um, Bob Quinn Quinn. was on uh, Ian Rappaport's podcast, right? He wasn't on ours. How dare he, right? Yeah. First off, how dare he? I can't believe it. I know. He's a traitor. I tried calling him. I texted him, Bob Quinn at DetroitLions.com, and he didn't He didn't respond. He didn't ask. That's unfortunate. So. <laughs> but um, he, he basically said that coming out straight out of the way, he, he likes the picks, right? And he likes being able to trade back. They've never actually done it, weirdly enough. But he, he said now for the second consecutive year that he does want to trade back if possible. Um, do you think, what do you find in that, right? Is that true? Or because this is the time in the season where everybody's just saying everything, right? Mm-hmm. They, they love everybody. They hate everybody. They're not interested. They are interested. They want to trade out. They want to trade down. Do you, do you think this is a, cons- like an actual, like, no, seriously, we're open for business. We want people to call us because we would really like to move down. Um, I actually do think there's a big possibility it could happen. Yeah. Uh, reason being is. What you're really looking for is, at least in the first run, is probably a big defensive pick. Right. And the depth of defense that you have in this draft really, really like helps out with wanting to move down. And that's because, what he said too, yeah. right? Is that the between rounds one and three, there's a lot of depth, there's a lot, and, of, a lot of talent in general in the first three rounds. Yeah. So like, if you say if you think someone like Greedy Williams is going to be there at twenty, mm-hmm. then maybe you trade down a couple spots and get him at like more closer to the value that you want him at mm-hmm. or if you're looking for someone like Montez Sweat and you're going through and he's projected to be 25 26 right. then you're looking okay maybe I can go down to 24 23 mm-hmm. get like three more draft picks there right. for training to the number one for the number mm-hmm. eight pick right. and then I can pick him plus maybe get another first round or maybe get right. another guy in the second round to help mm-hmm. fill out the roster a little bit because I think we're not in the situation where you're not in need of like that big name guy really mm-hmm. like you're not needing a quarterback or you don't need your number one receiver or anything you just kind of need more death pieces right yeah you need you need you need pluggable you need pl- contributors is what yeah. you need right because since you did get someone like trey flowers you're not even in need for an edge rusher Mm-mm. you have jerry davis you don't need that middle linebacker mm-hmm. you have darius slay you don't need that position yeah you don't need a QB just, one, right, right. yeah you don't need the quarterback one you yeah. don't you got carry on you got galladay marvin you have all these pieces that are around mm-hmm. now you're just kind of like this draft it's more of just filling out the, filling roster, out the right. roster and adding extra pieces to help you get farther. No, I'm, yeah, absolutely. So I think if you're able to trade down and get picks, right? See absolutely, I'm totally in agreement with you. I mean, I, the problem I think that some fans are having, I don't think anybody would be necessarily mad about you know if they trade down. I'm going to ask you how far you want to trade down here in a second okay. if you're Bob Quinn. But um, as a fan, though, do you care at all that he is coming out and saying that hey, I want to trade down? Like, do you, do you have an issue with him? "Quote unquote," revealing some of their draft strategy based on because basically what Bob Quinn's saying is like, look, we've only got two picks in the first eighty, right? Um, there's a lot of depth in this draft. There's a lot of good players in the first three rounds, and if yeah. we can get an extra pick or two within those first three rounds by trading back, that we want to take advantage of that. Yeah. But do you have a problem if you're a fan hearing that and going, well, "Why would you say that?" Now you know this is that, and you know you're. Are you actually benefiting at all from coming out and saying this, or is it more like you know? No, because as a because for me as a big Lions fan, I think you're in the situation where you're almost in a win-win either way. Because right. if you keep your pick at eight, you're getting right. besides like the top five guys, like you're not getting a Josh Allen or you're, you're not, not getting, getting a Bosa. You're not right. getting a Bosa or something. But besides that, you're getting you could get someone like an Ed Oliver, or you yep. can get like a big game-changing player at eight. 
And then as you say, well, I kind of want to trade down. Now you're leaving the doors open for other teams to be like, well, okay, how about we get, right yeah, now. we'll give you a first and a second this year for your number eight pick. Okay, cool. So now I have an extra first right. and now a second, second round pick. Right. Now you have four picks in the first round, basically, mm-hmm. or whatever. So now, yeah, depending on where you yeah, move. So I think else, no right. matter what, you're as a Lions fan, you're looking at a win-win because in one scenario, you're getting the number eight pick in the draft, which is a top 10, meaning you're getting the, that mm-hmm. big impactful player. Mm-hmm. Or on the other hand, you're trading down and possibly getting two to three more picks, right. which gives you more depth and more possibilities. Does to it, that does it matter for you at all? So let's just say they stay there, right? Okay. Would it frustrate you at all if like, so seventh pick goes, it's whoever, eighth pick lines are on the clock. Would it, would it make you upset knowing what you're hearing from him now to be able to go and say, would it make you upset to say, all right, well, the, the pick is in two minutes into their clock? Would you prefer to see them like wait until, all right, there's 30 seconds left on our clock before the pick has to be submitted to the league where yeah. at least you're giving it the most amount of time possible for a trade to possibly happen for them to maybe move back rather than what they've done in past years where, oh, the Lions definitely should move back and then the pick is in within three minutes, right? Like the Ebron thing, right? Everyone thought, okay, Barr went, Gilbert went, all right, maybe there's a chance that the Lions could try to trade down. And yeah. then the pick was in within a minute and a half of Well, I think there's time. one thing is you don't really know what they're talking, so maybe there's not even a possibility to move down. Right. Like maybe they've talked to people and they're like, yeah, we're not moving down at all. So yeah. then you, I feel like if there's no possibility of you moving down, and then reports after will say that there's a possibility or of whatever. Of course, yeah. Always like is. They always, always is. But right. um, if, they're, if realistically, if you're in that room and only they know, but mm-hmm. there's no possibility, I want that pick to come in fast because then you're like, yep, that's my guy. Right. Like, you didn't have to, like, oh, do I want Ed Oliver? Do I want Devin Booker? Yeah, who do right. I want? Mm-hmm. Like, you're like, this is my guy. This yeah, is the guy I want pick. it. Okay. So you feel that's more a different. That's a different approach because a lot of people have been on the other side where they're like, no, I want to wait for as long as possible, just in case, right? Well, I, I think that if you wait as long as possible, you're waiting for someone to call you, mm-hmm. but then you're 30 seconds left, no one's calling you. Then as a fan, yeah, right. and especially afterwards, if you're like, yeah, no one called them or anything, they just waited, that means you're deciding between like three, two, three people, right. and now you're like, you're not confident in that, in that pick. pick. Right. I, I want that's that a, pick. That's a great, that's if, a great if, pick. If, if it comes out that no one wanted to trade with them, I want that pick to be a minute or two in, yeah. because then you're like, yep, and Oliver, that was my guy. I right. want him at number eight. And then yeah. you feel more confident as a fan mm-hmm. going, okay, then they believe in Ed Oliver, so he should be doing good things. Right, right. So now put yourself in Bob Quinn's shoes here. Um, you're, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm whoever. I'm Cincinnati. I'm Miami. I'm New England. I'm whoever, right? Yeah. I'm calling you. What's it going to take? First off, give me how far would you be willing to move down? Right, based off your evaluation of this first round talent, right? And yeah. Who you like in this draft? It's well known who I like in this draft, but yes. I, I mean, from your perspective, based off of the depth that positions right where you think they could probably go, yeah. along with all right, you want to trade down. Where are you moving down to, to where you still think you can get your guy? And what's the compensation going to be, right? Because obviously, if you're moving down four spots, you're not getting a number one and a number two. But if you move from eight to 25, okay, I need your one this year. I'm probably going to need your two and then something the year after that. Well, okay, this was actually talked about on a 97.1 The Ticket show I was listening to about a couple weeks ago. Mm Um, and I'm going to ask you first, I guess. Yeah. So what would your opinion be? You probably want more than what I'm going to offer out. But what if the Raiders offered up their number 24 and number 27 pick for this year's 8 pick. Would that be something you would do? Yeah. Now, including, like, maybe they add in, like, a third next yeah. year or something. Like they, if like, I got like, something if you afterwards, got, yes, probably. But, like, if you get yeah. those two, like... Yes, because then I think you can get somebody... I think then by trading down, you're still within the first round. You've picked within that range before. I probably would. Mm-hmm. If you're giving me 24, and I'm 27. getting 27. I still have my pick later in the second round. Yep. I don't, And if I could get something to kind of make it really nice for me the yeah. following year, a fourth or something, yeah, I probably I mean. would do that just because, like that said, there's a lot of pieces where I think you could get a Brian Burns at 24. I yep. really do. I think you can get a good linebacker there, right? Or whatever the whatever yeah. the pick is at that point. You can take the best receiver. Yeah. It maybe changes your board a little bit. But mm-hmm. yes, I would say yes, I would because do Because I think if I was thumb, 
Unless someone like the Redskins at 15 are trying to move up. I think then, that's where Lions fans are at for the most part, yeah, is in I, that 11 to 15, 15 16 yeah. range where there's a couple quarterback needy teams. That's why I'm asking you. Yeah. Is that the will? Is that see, how far you'd be willing to move back? I, I would, or you see, want to I go would, back to the 20s? I, I guess it all depends on the compensation that you get for it. Mm-hmm. I would move back as far as the Raiders. If you got the Raiders 24 27, yeah. I would go that far back mm-hmm. to get those two. Yeah, I because would, yeah. I feel like. At that depth, you get two first-round picks instead of right. just the one. Even though the one could be like Ed Oliver and the two, but we've and we've been doing these mock drafts for about two months now. Right. You've seen guys like Greedy Williams dropping right. to twenty something. Right. There's if a you, lot of people that are a lot of different places. And based if you're off picking twenty-four and you're picking T.J. Hawkinson at twenty-four or Noah right. Fowler at twenty-seven, you get fans at twenty-four and then your best defense player at twenty-seven. Then are happy. That, that's that's making Lions fans very happy at that exactly. point. But if you're just getting that one pick. I would say probably the lowest I would go is about 14, 15. Yeah. I wouldn't want to go to like 18, but right. only get that one pick. Right. So if so if you're the Raiders and the Raiders call, hey, we're going to be 24, 27, and then a sweetener later round pick yeah. for 2020, you'd be okay with that. But oh, if absolutely. you're getting, so let's just say I'm willing to offer you, right? So if you, I think if you're moving four or five spots back, I think that's the sweet spot yeah. for many Lions fans, right? Where you're hoping a quarterback falls. Yes. And somebody falls in love with one, whether it's Miami, Cincinnati, um, whoever, right? Mm-hmm. They fall in love with a quarterback. You're able to trade down. I think. I think. Yeah. Just to note, this draft that we're about to do in the mm-hmm. next segment is gonna entice what we're talking about right, right now. But I do agree with that. If a quarterback, say like Dwayne Haskins mm-hmm. or someone, starts falling down, and for some reason, like the Giants, if Washington don't... calls you right now at 15, what is it gonna take for them to give to, to, to for um, you to swap picks with I them? Would what, probably... So what do they need to give you? So they're they're number one, obviously. So 15 overall this so year. So you get 15. Yeah. I don't maybe like a second or third depending on how but then it depends because I would need like a 2020 like third I think right because you need a lot because the eight pick is a big pick right it's top so 10 you're, right? you're, you're moving looking, up yeah you're, you're moving up seven spots you're literally the Redskins are getting their guy and we're not getting our guy anymore mm-hmm. so that means you have to give me basically three guys mm-hmm. I feel like for that one guy that right. you're giving I'm you. you so I'm, I'm so if like, I give you the fi- if I give, I give you my first right mm-hmm. my third overall this year yeah. my third third round overall and then next say year like third or fourth the year after yeah I'd probably I'd probably very consider doing it yeah. but I think the big one is that Raiders one mm-hmm. if they're calling because then you can it could a be num- interesting a number four and they have the number eight pick that's very tempting for yeah, them because they still get two picks instead of three they get yep. two and then you still have your second picks. round pick coming up right after yeah, that so yeah. basically in the top two rounds you're picking mm-hmm. three guys yeah that's I think a, that's yeah. a nice it could be in, it could be very interesting to see obviously the Lions just based off of what they did last year in the draft trading up trading down and kind yeah. of that stuff so it's a little bit interesting to see I'm very the draft is a couple weeks away so I could be more yeah. excited speaking of the draft though and mock drafts I know you have another mock draft we do so we're going to hit the Merck Zone mock draft corner at the beginning of this show and usually we do it in the middle we're going to hit it right now uh, before our commercial break so let's go Mike give me who this draft is by uh, and the website or wherever yeah. you're finding this So app. we're doing the Walter Football updated mock draft. Okay. Um, it was updated April 3rd. Okay, so a few days and ago. And today is the April 6th, mm-hmm. Saturday. So it was updated three days ago. So I find that to be very updated. Yeah, absolutely. Um, usually absolutely. they're like a week or two uh, behind, but yeah. this week it's three days. So I'm like, all right, this is the most cool. up-to-date we've had absolutely. probably in a while. All right, let's do this so, thing. So um, like usual, how we've been doing the last three weeks, I'm just going to go through the top seven. Yep. Rob's going to guess. Hopefully and I'm going right. to tell you yes or no. Yep. I'll tell you who it is, and then we're just going to yeah, give we'll out go the big names. It. For sure. All right, so number one, and it doesn't look like there's any trades. So we're just going to go off base order as okay. of right now. So number one, Arizona is picking, and they will pick. Kyler Murray. And that is correct. Yeah, they will be picking Kyler Murray. Really interested to see how that Josh Rosen thing breaks yeah. down, though. It's going to be interesting. Um, I'm so sure we'll definitely cover that in detail when it actually when the compensation yeah. comes in for what people yeah. are giving. I feel out. like I feel like you could probably a decent amount for Rosen, especially if the Patriots are going to be calling or something. I feel like that's like I find the Patriots. I feel like I could give up 32, and 32, and maybe maybe yeah. something else for yeah. it or something. And I'll give you like, 32. Like, that's right, such a nice, yeah. especially because they have eleven picks or something. Like, well, yeah, and you the have, Cardinals, you're back to back, and then well, you have 32, and then you're the first overall pick. Yeah, the, so the you following. Get, yeah. yeah, so you got that's a nice little. Yeah, for sure. All right. Um. So anyway. You, we got San Francisco picking second, and they Bosa. will pick. They do not pick Bosa. Really? They, but they do. They, they, they do D line. They yeah. go Quinn and Williams. Oh, really? Defensive tackle out of Alabama. 
Yeah, they're, they're confusing. I don't. I still don't know what the 49ers are going to do. I'm taking Bosa. I don't care who I am, right? Yeah. And honestly, I'm looking at moving Solomon Thomas at that point. Because if you think Bosa is going to be the real deal, yeah. and you can trade Solomon Thomas and get something back for him, somebody thinks they could fix him because he's early, and he's cheap still. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're, they're, this website says that since they got um, D Ford, that they're getting that uh, defensive tackle because D Ford can kind of play gotcha. that three four spot sense, kind right. of thing. Yeah, right. So um, they but don't need because Bulls is more the edge rusher kind of guy. Right. So you're right. getting the of defensive course. tackle. Yeah. Um, so number so three, the Jets, the Jets are, are thrilled then because Bosa just fell yep, to them. Bosa just fell to number three sucks. for them. Jets, if that happens, Jets are looking really pretty going in this year. Darnold's yeah. second year, Gase coming in. You know, yeah, I got Le'Veon. Mosley, Le'Veon Bell. You got some receivers there now. I, I think the, I was gonna say I expect the Jets get like second and third round. They get like one of the bigger name receivers, mm-hmm. and then they're yeah they're really going to be set yeah they especially once especially once I think the Patriots once they lose Brady in a couple years and Belichick's probably going to be gone sooner then the, I think the Jets going to start taking over that division quite absolutely. soon absolutely um, so very now, interesting yeah so now we got number four the Oakland Raiders are they picking. get Allen they get Allen yep they pick Josh Allen yeah see that's how four. that's the that's the amazing thing about this draft guys is that. One pick that's somewhat kind of out of the logic of what people think is going to happen totally shifts everybody else down, and it helps people a ton, you know, because then you're all like, oh, my gosh, Josh Allen fell to us at four. Not that Quinn Williams is a bad pick at two, but I'm just saying, if you think Bosa's the man and he's supposed to be what his brother is, if not better, you just passed up on 12 sacks a year. Yeah. So it's interesting, to say the least. All right, so now Tampa Bay's picking at five, and they pick? I'm going to say Devin White. They do not pick Devin White. Great. They pick Montez Sweat. Out of really? State. I yeah. don't think that's going to be the pick. I don't. I don't. No. I, I like Montez Sweat. I. I I'm going to be honest with you. I'll be surprised if he goes in the top ten. And I here's really the interesting will. thing because the last draft that uh, Walter Football did, yeah. Josh Allen was going five. Right. Because uh, they had Dwayne Haskins going a little higher. Right. To the Raiders because they thought Derek Carr would get left or something. So now I think they're just they're still getting their defensive end outside linebacker. Right. But. It's not Josh Allen. Now you're looking at sweat. Yeah, that's of speed and everything. Yeah, that's yeah. I don't. I don't necessarily agree with that assessment. But now, nonetheless, this next pick, New York Giants. Who they you take got? Haskins. They do not take Haskins. What? All right, they get him and fired. Then that's the stupidest yep. thing. Who are they taking? Uh, they're taking they Rashawn Gary. Gary. <laughs> what are the odds that I somebody say at the same time? That's fantastic. I'm like, yep. what's the stupidest pick they can make there? Rashawn Gary. Yep. That makes that, and yeah, they say it's basically because Eli's projected they're going to keep Eli there for another year. Who so cares? Get quarterback the next year. What? No. Why? But so that doesn't make any sense though. Like if you think Haskins is the guy, then you take your guy. You don't know what's coming out next year. To a tongue of a law. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So that's what I'm saying is that yeah. if you think unless you uh, unless you're committed to going one in fifteen next year and hoping you're going to suck. Yep. Right, then there's no way you can pass up a quarterback. You did it last year, and look how the Jets look now. Yeah. If this is the draft that happens, the Jets are uh, they're going to be heavy wild card favorites next year for the AFC. Yep. So with that in mind, and you're not going to take a quarterback again for the second year in a row, instead you're going to take a defensive tackle slash DN who underproduced, who's just a name at the end of the day, and isn't going to be a difference maker for you. Absolutely asinine, but go ahead, go ahead, G-Man. Stu- hey, that's great for the Lions because say, that means Haskins falls to, to Haskins fall. And Jacksonville may not take him. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know with Foles there, but that's why I'm saying though how we were talking about earlier. Yes, right. If that happens, that's a dream scenario for yeah. Detroit because that's that's teams like the Redskins. You're just hoping, now, yeah. Now everyone's and you're really us. hoping Jacksonville is in love with another guy, whether that's a whether that's an offensive lineman or something, because then then it's really the onus is on you. Because Jacksonville theoretically could still take a quarterback. I don't think they do based off yeah. of the investment that they just made in Foles. But at the same time, I wouldn't be like, oh my gosh, they took a quarterback. It's more like maybe they need some insurance. Yeah, I'll give you a hint. The Jacksonville does not take. So they're gonna go offense tackle. They're gonna go Juwan Taylor. Yes, they do. Yeah, doesn't surprise me. That's yeah, that's based, been a pretty. That's been one of the guys. It's like Tyron Smith to the Cowboys a few years ago. It's kind of like the one pick for like a lot. Always that, it's always there, yeah. right? They so, said, yeah, basically they spent big money on Foles. There's no yeah. reason to get the quarterback this yeah, year. Yeah, right. So we're at eight then. So now we're picking eight. Oh, we're loving this because someone's got to be trying to go get Haskins yeah. at this point. Someone's got to be. Yeah, because the team's under us. Um, to give a little bit of a spoiler, Denver's yeah. picking a quarterback. Cincinnati's looking. You've got Miami, who right. just got theirs or whatever. Right. But then you got Washington at 15. You have all these teams that are just 
man, we Haskins is at eight now. Right, you can exactly. Go up and get you can him totally go get him if you yeah. really want him. You can go get him. Yeah, right. So that's really so important. we're not trading out though, right? In this nope, pick, so, so we're picking number eight. I'd be really bummed out if this happens and we don't trade out of that. I feel like you could definitely. Yeah, get some I feel like this is here. a big. Su- um, now in this scenario, I'd be cool waiting till the thirty second mark because then you're assuming right. Are exactly. Calling. Somebody's trying to put together the best. If but I'm if, Detroit, I'm saying put give me your best offer yeah. right away. Because I want if Haskins if Haskins is going six. Then I'm like, I want that pick to be right away because right. then I'm like, no one's gonna be calling. Unless somebody falls in love with Drew Locke or Daniel yeah. Jones or something like that. It's very interesting to see though how how these like I said, it's one pick, man, transcends everything. Literally. You know what I mean? So and the people I think are learning from the Mahomes thing where it's like, oh geez, you know we gotta go get our guy. So I'm gonna say they take, I'm gonna say they take Devin White even though I don't want him to. The Lions do pick Devin White. Yeah, I kind of figured. All right, yeah. all right, give me the second round. Okay. Where does Haskins go, just so I know? Haskins goes to number 11 to Cincinnati. Cincinnati, they're yep. thrilled with that. And it's if interesting. If he falls to 11, Cincinnati gets a steal. You know what the best part is? Denver at number 10 picks Drew Locke. That's a John Elway pick. It's because yep. John Elway wants the strong-armed, yep. you know what I mean? Yeah, yep. the cannon arm. And Flac- he wants Flacco 2.0, but yep. whatever. All right, give me second round. Let's see. All right. Um, just some notable picks. Yeah. Steelers get Devin Bush. We've almost said on every single one. Yeah. Noah Fant goes to Seattle, and TJ Hawkinson hasn't been picked yet. What? Nope. Wow. All right. Paris Campbell goes to Baltimore, and not DJ Me- DK Metcalf. Wow. All right. That's a bigger that's one. A, that's a bit of a change there. Yep. That really bummed me out. Um, DK Metcalf does not go in the first round. <laughs> does that shock you at all? A little bit. Yeah. I think that I thought he would be maybe the sizzle from the combine is kind of dampening, and they're looking back at tape again. I'm not sure. But. Maybe. Jeez, there's a lot of that's a lot of that's a lot of man. Uh, so in the second round, Will Greer gets uh, goes to the Oakland Raiders at pick thirty five. Wow, sure. Yeah, go ahead, Gruden. <laughs> whatever you weirdo. But all right, <laughs> I don't I don't know what to say to that. So now the Lions are picking number forty three. Where do you think they go? Do you have any ideas? Um, any thoughts? I'm gonna say they're gonna have to go offense here. I'm gonna yeah. hope that you said that. Um, is Metcalf still on the board? No, he went early second round. Okay. Paris Campbell's gone. I'm going to say they take Irv Smith Jr., tight end out of Alabama. Uh, unfortunately for you, they don't take Irv Smith Jr. They actually go defense in this part. Uh, right. They will pick all you state fans out there will like this, I guess. Justin Lane, cornerback yeah. out of Michigan State. He's a guy that's been mocked to them quite a bit um, in some of other mock drafts, maybe that we haven't hit on specifically. But it doesn't surprise me necessarily, but mm-hmm. I'm, I really don't... You have to go offense at least one time in the first three rounds. You're you're de- you spent all this money defensively. You can't go you can't go defense back to back first and second round. If now if they take offense for whatever reason, right? They go offense. Something happens where all of their guys are off the board, and yep. they trade down and they take the best receiver, tight end, whatever on at eight or fifteen, wherever they're at in the first round. Then I'm fine with whatever they do in the second round being defense. But you just took your defensive player. In the first round, you need to take the best offensive player you think is on the board yeah. at, at that pick. But all right, whatever. And just a big note, Annoys the Patriots uh, find the replacement for Gronk and pick Irv Smith Jr. Yeah, see? Once again, that's the point, though, right? Is that the best franchise ever is going to take the guy that I want to take in the second round based off of how the dra- how the board falls, right? Yep. And let him go be your playmaking tight end. Whatever, though. It's whatever. Yeah. Now, I don't, I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> the Patriots, dude. They just picked him. God, so stupid. I guarantee if, like, Hawkinson falls at 32 and he's going to be, like, the greatest thing ever, we'll never live it down. We don't take him at 8 and, yep. you know, it's, it's a lose-lose. All, All right, right, give me third round. So third round, not uh, Chase Winvich goes to the Niners early in the third round. Sure, let's get all uh, the pass rushers. Yep. Um, so we're looking, where do you think they go in the third round then? Offense for the love of all that is holy. What, the best receiver. I, I want them to go wide receiver. That's what okay. I want. Well, they do go wide receiver. Okay, here. who do they this go? Might, I don't know if this will make you happier that they go here. Yeah. So they will pick uh, J.J. Whiteside, wide receiver out of Stanford. Uh, he has some speed concerns, but he's a mismatch with great size at six three two twenty five. Nope, I don't want it then. No, because you you have Galladay, you have Marvin. That doesn't make any sense for me. It doesn't do anything for me. It doesn't. That that's not. If you're gonna go receiver, that's not the way you go for yep. wide receiver. You don't have a slot after this year. Danny Amendola is not a long term solution. I hate this draft. Yep. I'm so mad. And it's cool because so someone stupid. like Riley Ridley, who yeah. is someone that could fit that, goes after. Of to course, the Giants right. That's what I'm saying. Round. That's why what I'm saying is i do think there's a pretty steep drop off between like the third for like three four wide receivers there's a kind of a big drop off there after that yeah so 
if you get your best defense player and the tight end situation, you like a guy maybe later on, third, fourth round, that's cool. I'm fine with that. I'd rather them address the wide receiver position before they address the tight end position, the way it's looking right now, because you always are in three wide receiver sets now. You need the slot guy for Stafford. It's how it works. Mm -hmm. So to completely blatantly ignore that, because that kid's never going to see the field unless somebody gets hurt. That That doesn't help me at all. That doesn't make any sense. That's... Grumpy guys, I'm grumpy already. Jeez, <laughs> good thing we're going to break here in a second. But all right, that's gonna be it for episode, uh, part one of episode 19. Uh, Mike, with that always great mock okay. draft as always. I'd be really bummed. I'll be coming on the air the following weekend just to tell my frustration if that's how the draft winds up falling. But yep. um, that's gonna be it for part one of episode 19. Please stay tuned for our quick commercial here, kind of plug in all of our. Where we can, where you can find us, and all that good stuff. We'll be right back after these words. Stick around. Hey guys, this is the mouth of Michigan, Rob Mendeika from the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. Just reminding you that we are live every single Monday at seven in the morning on your favorite streaming services. All five major sports: football, basketball, baseball, hockey, and professional wrestling. I'm Always Right Sports Podcast every Monday, seven a.m. See you there. <laughs> all right, welcome back to part two of episode nineteen Ooh. of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. All right, let's jump into some wings talk here. Red Wings extend Jeff Blaschel for two seasons. Um, I mean, what do you make of that? I'm, I'm very – it's funny to me. Their their explanation was, okay, well, he, they can't give him a one-year deal because then he has no credibility in the locker room. I'm going to be like, what credibility does he have now? But that's yeah. beside the point. But I guess my point being is two years doesn't shock me. That's a very short term. Yeah. I think it's setting up for Stevie Y to come in and then – can make his own call yeah. on Blaschel. You know what I mean? It's enough to where you escape the credibility factor, whatever the hell that is. But then at the same time, you also are able to kind of be like, all right, you got a very short window here. You better turn it around within the next year or so. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that the, that's kind of – give me what your take is on Blaschel kind of getting extended here. I mean, it's it's nice. I mean, what we've been seeing from the Wings in the past month-ish time, right. um, it's kind of nice to see them come out and win some games um fans are more happy that we're actually winning near the down the stretch right but the only problem is we're out of the playoffs anyway so like yeah that's another thing right winning? and that's another thing too right you have we've seen some improvement right some guys are playing really well Bertuzzi's playing out of his mind right yeah. now um mantha had a had a had a stretch of games that they won eight out of the last like 10 or so yeah. as of this recording but yet they want to. Are you happy that they're winning? I know some fans are happy. Others though are like are pissed because now you're you're ruining your puck. Now, granted, it's not like the NFL where you just have the worst record, you get the best pick, yeah. right? It's still that lottery thing, which is dumb. But yeah, it's, it is what it is. I hate lottery. that. I hate that. But point being, you had a, you you were having a good chance to being a top five pick or a t- you know getting the top pick, and now you're, you're slowly. But you're, I wouldn't say you're ruining that, but. Your, your chances are diminished quite a bit yeah. here now by doing that. Are you happy with the fact that they're that they're winning? Are you are you more happy with the fact that some of these young guys are kind of stepping up rather than having that top pick? Well, okay, and here's the annoying part about some of Detroit's teams as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, we can even bring this to the Lions and even the Tigers. Yeah. Uh, say like the Lions this year. You're sitting there and you're out of the playoffs, and yet now you're going to win games down the stretch and you get and you move down in order. Yeah, we beat Green Bay 31-0 and that's right. awesome. Good but now you go from 5 to 8. Right. And now instead of getting someone like Josh Allen, right. now you're looking at other like you have to find the other guy that right. you're trying to get to. Um the Red Wings, you can have you have I think up to like an 18% chance if mm-hmm. you're the last team. Right. If you have the worst record. Right. But now since they're moving up and up and up, their chance is going from 18% or 20% whatever it right. is to 15 to 12. Now I think they're sitting at a 6% chance of getting the top pick. Right. And this team is not good enough right. to where like next year if you get the 6 overall pick, you're not going to get that guy to help get this team better. No, of course. You're just getting that average guy, average Joe guy to come and oh, you have to develop him. Falls, right? yeah, yeah, you have exactly. to develop him for three years before yeah. you're good again. I think that's, it, I think it's tough because as a Wings fan, you're used to winning, right? That's, yeah. that's first and foremost. But now, I think that fans are kind of split because you have to deal with, yes, I want to win, but now that we're so far out of it, it's like, well, where the hell was this three months ago? Yeah. You know what I mean? But now it's like, what do you do? It's also you're coming off the end of these last 10 games mm-hmm. when you're playing teams that either are already clinched in the playoffs so they're not trying as hard as they were, say, mm-hmm. the first month of the season. Right. Or you're playing teams that are in your situation that want to lose. Yeah, and they're that like, yeah, that's fine. And they're, like, that they're like, yeah. you want to win 6-1? That's fine because yeah. we don't want to win 6-1. Yeah, right. So, like, 
and get those all those points and exactly. stuff. Like we don't want that. So you're playing those types of teams. You're not. There's no teams that you're playing that like it's actually a competitive level. That wow, you beat this team because you're actually better. I feel like right. you're beating teams because of those two reasons I mentioned. Right. And in the long term, that doesn't make you that much better. Like hey, we can go beat Green Bay thirty-one to zero, but in the last game of the season, that doesn't matter. Right. It's not as impactful as it was week five right. when we beat them or right. something. I, I right? agree. It makes yeah. sense. I think it's. I think it's. It's. It's really difficult. Like you said, it's not. Be, I think if they were locked in, right, and they were terrible, and they are, they were already in last place, and it just, oh, we were guaranteed the top spot. I think you'd see because it's not like they've not tried to tank either. Like they've brought, they've signed some guys from college. They've brought some people in that are just that are brand new um, to the team, and they're just playing okay. You know, they're playing yeah. well. So it's like it's. I don't even blame them necessarily for winning. It's just more like, like if you see some of this, right? Some of it is what you're saying, right? The the lack of effort from other teams and what have you. But at the same time, you're like, okay, well, like there's something here clearly, right? Yeah. It's just about time we actually start seeing it on a consistent basis, yeah. right? Um, they obviously extended Howard too, so you're just it's just like, ugh, I guess you know? it's more just like I'm interested to see one where we end up in the dra- after the lottery or right. whatever and once we get pulled out and where we're drafting at yeah. and then to how we start next year yeah because if we start next year winning eight of ten yes. instead of yeah. ending the season that we're already out of winning eight of ten then you're looking at a different story you start out eight and two and you're like on fire then right but as of as of right yeah, now i'm kind of i don't want to win i yeah. want i want to i, I want to tank yeah that's basically what i'm saying pretty much i yeah. feel like you can't be half you can go half and half in mm-hmm. tanking mm-hmm. it's either you're going to tank yeah embrace, or you're gonna go try embrace and the suck yes <laughs> embrace I mean, the look suck, at the sixers right. they embrace the suck for like three years and now they're yeah, they're, the play- they're, right. they're guaranteed to be in the playoffs. So, like, exactly. I guess it works. I'm with you. It'll be interesting to see what the, who they draft and all that kind of stuff. Obviously, we'll hit on that in a future episode. Let's hit the hardwood now. We're talking Michigan State Final uh, Four run. Um, we're not going to be able to talk about the Final Four game because as of this recording, they haven't played yet. So, obviously, if you know they make it to the finals, we may do a, a quick hitter for the national championship or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's always the road to the Final Four. State, I feel, and I'm going to ask you this. I'm going to say my opinion first, though. They knocked off Duke to get to the final four i don't know of a bigger win for michigan state since in a long time i mean i know they've gotten to other national championship games before i know they lost to north carolina they lost to duke a few years ago in the final four but they beat duke who Izzo historically is terrible against they're yeah. terrible against coach k to get there they were the underdogs they're they're playing a good texas tech team but this was a huge, yeah. huge win. I don't know many people, even with the way Duke was playing going into that game, escaping both Virginia Tech and UCF, I don't think a ton of people went, oh, Michigan State's got them. Like, straight no. up got them. They, they had no. a great chance to win, but I don't think enough people will be like, yes, I'm going to say Michigan State's going to win. I don't I don't think anyone could have gone into that game confidently. And right, said exactly. It. I think me and you Ho- both, right. both were kind of like, they, ha- they, they, they can, match up well. They, they but, match up well, they can, but like... I think if you ask any person that mm-hmm. like if you ask a hundred people, I would say about ninety seven of them would be like Duke's gonna win. Right. Like exactly. if you had to, if you had to put like five thousand dollars on We'd the say game, they play them close. They play them really tight up until yeah. the end, but then they that Duke would somehow yeah. pull it away. If you were if it were like me and you just like stating a fact or whatever, we mm-hmm. could be like Michigan State. I think if you ask people to like, hey, you're gonna bet five thousand dollars on this game, who's gonna win? Right. I don't think anybody takes right. Michigan State. Right. No is that does that mean enough. for you though? I mean, is there a bigger win since their two thousand national championship win that's that is as impactful right now? I know a few years ago when they made that other final four run with Valentine that it, it was kind of unexpected. This year was a little more expected that they would get to the Elite Eight, but not to beat Duke. I mean, honestly, I don't think anybody really thought they had a chance until like, in all seriousness, you can be a great, you can be a big fan of Michigan State and understand, okay, Duke's Duke for a reason, right? Yeah. But I, I, I'm going to ask you, I'm extremely impressed with this basketball team. I, I was, and I'm, I'm I really happy for it's them, It's interesting because they, they do a Patriots style game where they find a way yeah, somehow. Different way. It's, it's a, a different, different way. way every single time. Yep. They don't win the same game twice. Yep. You know, they play Bradley and they're down at halftime and they come back and they they're fight fire, inside right. and they do mid-range shots. Then you're playing Minnesota. They stop the three-point. Yep. Minnesota shot like two for 100, yep. it felt like, in that game. Right. And State was on fire. Right. And then they play Duke. And they're picking, uh, picking, and rolling with Cassius Winston the whole right, game. and they're and, forcing them to take outside shots, yeah. knowing that they can't shoot. So in the they, first they find offensive and defensively, they find different ways to win. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually very impressed. Of uh, going in, I thought um, going into the Big Ten tournament, I thought Michigan could have their number. 
after watching how this team's been playing, yeah. I was like, yeah, there's no way we would ever yeah, match no, up. Like, no. I think if we played them 10 times this year, Michigan might win one. Right. It's, yeah, it's, honestly, it's like, yeah. Oh, with the streak of shooting right and everything else, absolutely. Is this, I mean, is that the biggest reason why they're in the Final Four, though, is their ability to adapt based off of who they're playing, right, and change the way they win. You know, being able to look at a weakness the same way New England does in football where they go, oh, okay, well, we're going to make Jared Goff throw, yeah. right? We're going to make Zion and RJ shoot the basketball because yeah. they can't shoot the basketball, right? Mm-hmm. Watching that game, two things stuck out to me. Number one, Michigan State defensively, they busted their ass. And two, I don't understand the love why people think Zion is a top 20 player in the world. I don't understand. Oh, I, I don't, don't understand I don't, that either. I think I he's mean, the best. He's, he's probably a, a top three player coming out of like going into the draft. Right, right but now, I don't obviously. think like I don't think he's I don't think he goes to any basketball team and makes them immensely better. I think from any I think right now right I now. can name twenty five people in the NBA that are far better, way better than right, him. Right, exactly. Like he, can, I think he'll come in if he goes to say the Knicks. Yeah, and Knicks, we'll talk about later. But if they don't get anybody, right. and it's just him. They're not doing anything. Yeah, they're screwed. They're, right, he, like, I agree. But that's what I'm saying. I, I was not... Imp- I mean, Zion does what he does, right? He's an athletic freak. I get that. But him and R.J. Barrett, both down the stretch, for the most part, really kind of disappeared, right? They can't shoot the basketball. And def- and offensively, they had nothing against yeah. what, what State was bringing, right? I thought Izzo coached a hell of yes. a basketball game. Yeah, And there's two things I actually noticed. One thing I actually thought about right when I saw those three guys signed mm-hmm. is... I think they, and this is something that someone like the Patriots don't have a problem with, mm-hmm. but guys, I feel like the Rams, if you want to go football analogy, yeah. had a lot of problems with, is your star power. Right. Because when you sign the top four freshmen going into college on the same team, you have to get all of them the ball somehow. Right. So if you just had Zion with a couple really good guys, yeah, I, I think like that team actually team, is yeah. better yeah. than what it would be with him, RJ, and all these guys. Yeah. Because you have all these five-star guys that are going to be going to NBA next year, and they right. all want There's to do no their time own to thing. There's no gel. There's nothing. It's just no, go out there and like, play and hope Yeah, it, you're like, okay, Zion wants his 40 points, but RJ also wants his 20 points, and this guy wants his 20 points, yeah. and the ball can't go around to right. all these guys. Absolutely. I think that was a problem. Also, their turnovers, mm-hmm. they had 20 turnovers in that state game. Yeah. And, like, Zion had, like, five. Yeah. and then, Like, what is going like on? Said, I like, think, like I said, you know, and I, we we obviously, we don't, we're, we're talking about Duke more than state, but in reality, we're talking about what, why state was able to exploit some of these negatives yeah. about Duke, right? For me, Izzo really stuck. You know, really kind of went. All right, listen, we we know how to beat these guys, right? And he coached a hell of a game defensively. They played fantastic, like you said, all the turnovers, right? They were smart with the basketball. Yeah. You know, Winston is still, you know, is playing out of his mind. You know what I mean? Even when he's not scoring efficiently, he's still being a distributor. He's finding the open guy. I think that, you know, they're riding this big wave. I mean, is for Izzo right now with this run. How important is it for him to win the second national championship, oh, whether it's this year or in the next, you know, couple? Because Winston might be leaving. You know, you have some guys that are going to be yeah. going. I mean, how important is it for I him? Think as a st- as people are state fans, I think I would actually be very nervous mm-hmm. because I think you almost have to win now. Yeah. Because you you hit LSU, who's a great team. You beat them. Then you hit Duke, who everyone has. I think like seventy six percent of brackets had Duke winning. Right. And then you beat Duke. Now you're going to be playing Texas Tech, right. who's another not, Cinderella story yeah, right now. Cinderella no story that's not Duke, it. and then you're probably going to play. I'm going to probably, if I had to cast my vote, probably Virginia, yeah. but or Auburn. Right. You have to play both those or one of the three other teams or whatever. But you are the best team left. Right. I think far, almost far and away. I think Virginia's there, but you're like the best team left. Yeah. If, I think, if yeah, you I somehow think drop the ball against Texas Tech or something, I think that's massively awful for Izzo. Yeah. So come off Duke. Like beat Duke and then you lose like Texas. It's almost Tech. A, yeah, it's funny that you say that though, because it's almost the Michigan college sports way. Whether it's state or Michigan, they always figure out a way a lot of times to blow it in the worst possible situations, yeah. right? Michigan is very synonymous well, that like Michigan football, you get through the whole regular season and you're like, Wow, you're eleven eleven and or right. eleven and oh right. you're about to get there, then you lose to Ohio State, now your whole season's crushed. Right, exactly. Like, it's it's that kind of thing where you're looking at that and you're like, Michigan right. State's gone through Duke. You've gone through LSU. Yeah, you won the Big you Ten beat, tournament. You, you won the Big, big season, Big Ten regular season championship. You you've got all these things you beat now. Michigan leading, three times, right? Leading up to this moment, and then if you drop the ball well, here, I think it's I, worse. You, 
for Izzo. And do you think if they win against Texas Tech but lose to Virginia or Auburn for whatever reason, right? Do you think that hurts him just as much? Because that'll be another national championship win that or game that they've made it to that he hasn't won. Um, I think if you, I think if you lose to Virginia, it's not as bad Mm -hmm. because Virginia's technically ranked the best team right like they were the number one number one seed right. duke was number two so if, if you look at it through that lens i guess you're kind of i mean the season's already a success don't get us wrong right no. the, the season no, no, was no. A, a tremendous success i think i just think that if Izzo doesn't win this one mm-hmm. i think it's a big ball drop right uh, it's like everyone wants harbaugh to leave now because michigan can't get it done if Izzo doesn't win this one yeah. even though i think they're f- by far the best team left you kind of drop the ball on this one because yeah. you have this one. Right. This one's like basically it's like right here. Go get it. Like it's just like take a couple more steps to I'm go grab it. Still waiting. You know, Michigan State's playing so well right now, but for whatever reason, right? It's I'm still waiting for that bad. Maybe that was that Bradley first half where they had to get it out of their system before maybe. they kind of went on this tear. But like, you know, it's like that coming off the big Michigan win and then they lose to Indiana, and you're like, where the hell? Yep. Where did that I think come I'm from? nervous you for this I mean? Texas Tech game because that defense is so smothering and stuff. Lo- that, low key, I would not be mad at all if Texas Tech won the whole thing because it's just such an out of yeah. the way. Or like, Auburn. I think yeah. Auburn win. I, would, be I would say Auburn if they didn't have Bruce Pearl as a coach because I think he's a total douche. But we can't use that word. I'm now. sorry. Sorry. He's a not so friendly person in my opinion, okay. and I think he's That's way too right. animated. Texas Tech to me, it's just like, oh, who won the national championship in basketball in 2019? That's the like best trivia question ever because no one's ever gonna guess Texas Tech ever. Like it's the one thing we'll we'll be alive for and be like, oh yeah, Texas Tech, but nobody else no, is ever no, no, gonna remember no. that. So I'm very interested to see. Obviously, if they make it further in the in into the tournament, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. They make the national championship. If they lose, we'll we'll kind of go on a season outlook. I'm sure too. But hell of a run for Michigan State yeah. either way. A tremendous victory for Izzo. Another feather in the cap. Just get it done at this point. We're all, at the end of the day, we may be Michigan fans here on the show, but we can still respect the fact that what they're doing is, is Listen, pretty phenomenal. I, I so. want to say to win. Right, exactly. Like, I think it's nicer to say Michigan for, to have one national yeah, championship. Go get the ship and be yeah. done with it. Absolutely. All right. We're going to hop into our final topic of the show. Um, we're going to end in a little bit of controversy here. John Oliver talking about WWE, professional wrestling as a whole. Um, obviously this weekend is, you know, this past weekend was WrestleMania. Um, uh, Mike, we literally just watched this again yeah. in preparation for the show. Um, I have some thoughts on okay. it. I know you do too. G- okay. Give me first off, give me your thoughts on his comments about the WWE. Now, if you have, let me frame this for the people too. If you haven't seen this guys, basically John's big thing is, there's a couple points. One, it's, it's basically telling the WWE that you need to step up. There needs to be some, some you know, the wrestlers are not independent contractors as they're being treated now. There needs to be health care made available yeah. to them. There needs to be, you know, family and injury leave. There needs to be, you know, workers' compensation. All those things that are currently are not part of the WWE corporate structure. They're all professional wrestlers signed to the WWE are technically independent contractors. So even though they're paid if they get hurt in the ring, that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, that they're paying for post-ring medical bills. And the, he brought up some wrestler deaths as well as how, you know, professional wrestling, um, you know, there's a, a correlation there between, yeah. you know, younger death rates compared to, you know, the professional professional wrestling as well. So, Mike, just give me your thoughts on, on the piece. As, I thought it was funny, for one thing. Um, yeah. But I did have some problems with it as well. So give me kind of your thoughts on it, and then we'll go into mine, and we'll kind of talk here. Yeah, and, I mean, it's was, it was actually really depressing watching it. Right, Like, yeah, like watching, like, he's like, oh, yeah. yeah, like, Roddy Piper was like, yeah, like, I'm not going to live till 65. And then it was like, yeah, yeah he died at 61. I was like, yeah. oh, like, all this is really sad. I do have ways... I want to get your take because I think yeah. I have ways that it's possible to fix mm-hmm. this whole situation. Yeah. Um. But overall, I mean, they added the comedic aspect to it, but I think it was very depressing and it really gave a big outlook that mm-hmm. not a lot of people knew about. That like WWE is kind of doesn't give you healthcare, doesn't give you this stuff right. that's like guaranteed. Like, hey, you injure something, good luck, kind of right. thing. Yeah, and exactly. I think I mean. What's your take on it? Because it's kind well, of well. I mean, awful. here's the thing: it's it's a two edged sword, really. Yes. You know, on the one hand, obviously they do sign up for this at the end of the day, right? And and I do agree with him. And it's not the responsibility of the fan to pay for these for these guys, right? Yeah. Post post spring career. Do I think that there should be some sort of fund or something post career wise? Yes, but then you get into the situation where there's got to be like a service time allotment, right? You know, like. If you sign for a month, and you know, I don't really feel like I need to 
care for you for the rest of yeah. you know for the rest of the time. So there's obviously there's certain things that need to be kind of be put in place. However, um, I do feel like the piece, while it was informative, hard hitting, and I do think um, really does bring and shed some light to, to several real issues with mm-hmm. the sport as a whole. Couple things that I had a problem with. Number one, some of the use of the examples of wrestler deaths that he used, I didn't think were very suitable to this conversation. You know, Macho Man Randy Savage died of a heart attack behind the wheel of a car. That's not professional wrestling's mm-hmm. fault. You know what I mean? Um, King Kong Bundy was was overweight his entire life. You know what I mean? There's certain things that you know, and he died early. You know, uh, uh, Piper at one point had cancer. I mean, he beat it, but there's other medical issues. You know that you know Eddie Guerrero died of an early age. Yes, but that's not his drug use under WWE's watch was not. It wasn't prevalent, you know what I mean? And he was he was let go, and he cleaned himself up, and you know it, it was from years of professional wrestling as a whole, not just WWE. So I think it's unfair for people to point the finger specifically at WWE for some of these guys because mm-hmm. you know in a lot of those cases it's it's not necessarily okay. Well, we're promoting this and everything else like that. And now I but I do agree that the the culture of professional wrestling is we got to be there. You're going to lose your spot. It's totally prevalent. Everybody oh, everybody in the world said that. Do I think that they need health care? And do I think that they need these these precautions and these you know these extra incentives to be yeah. because you are contracted to the company? Um, absolutely. I thought some of the comments and the clips they took from individual different things, whether it's the Wrestling from Shadows documentary with Bret Hart in it, um, the HBO's thing with with Piper, um, the context behind those, and, and that's how all media is, but I do feel like I need to get it out of there anyway, is you, you pulled out very specific snippets of things. You know, the Wrestling with Shadows documentary, it was shot during the time where Brett was screwed in the Montreal Screwjob, one of the biggest things that's ever happened in this industry. Um, Piper, during that time, five months later, was brought back to the company. So it's it's one of those things to where I understand there's some, there's some negative feelings towards them, but at the same time, those guys that you're referencing also made millions and millions of dollars from this industry you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's so it's there's there's a give and take there i just wish that while they did provide some support for the wwe and what they're doing i feel like they could have added some other things to be like all right but let's put this in context right because yeah. it's not about those guys it, it's about the guys that are broken down that are be- that are beaten you know what i mean and yeah. don't have any money because they weren't responsible to money. do i think wwe if you have a certain amount of service time should definitely take care of their guys absolutely yeah. they're not paying for everything but there should be some sort of fun but to suggest that wrestling is or that the wwe is solely responsible for individuals actions at the same time is tough that's mm-hmm. my that's my that's my toughest yeah. sell i agree with what he's saying 100 that changes need to be made but I'm not going to go out and say, all right, well, Vince McMahon is directly solely responsible for no. for somebody dying at yeah. the age of 61. You yeah, know you, can't, that's, you can't say that's, that's like my, that's That was my, I guess, my only gripe with it. Um, give, me, give me what changes do you think they should make. Okay, well, I was thinking, see, and the problem with WWE to other promotions mm-hmm. is they run on the weekly basis shows. They're yeah. not pre-taped or anything. Mm-mm. So you're looking at stuff like Ring of Honor where they have, like, a three show span, then they'll take a month off mm-hmm. and stuff, and guys can go to wherever they want work right. as, as well, much or as little as they really want. Right. Where WWE, they kind of force your hand. Yeah. Onto, they're on a schedule. Right. Yeah, they're on a schedule. You have to work these four days and mm-hmm. work the show or blah 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 blah. Absolutely. Um, but as they mentioned in the show, you have about two hundred and twenty guys mm-hmm. that are like on their independent or on their right. list of, of people or whatever, and it seems like to me at least. I see the same 40 faces on and off, and there's over 100 guys not being used on TV, right. not being used on some of these shows. Absolutely. I feel like if you have the ability, use like instead of using the same four guys in mm-hmm. the same matches every single week over and right. over and over, give this one guy a break. Maybe just have him have a promo mm-hmm. and have another guy fill a spot. Like instead of having Seth Rollins fight four weeks in a row, right. have Rollins come out for a promo and then have Dean Ambrose come out for him instead right. and fight right. Tyler right. Breeze or something and give us because yeah, it, it brings up new matchups. It yeah. brings out so not guys aren't just like every single day working. Mm-hmm. I think you should be able to give guys time off. Yeah, like if they're not going to be used for three months, 
be like, hey, just go home. You right. know, we don't rest need up. you for these three months. Yeah, rest, rest up, up. Yeah. and we'll bring you right back mm-hmm. as soon as you want, as soon as little as you want. Like they yeah. sh- they should have that in their contract. Right. Somewhere. I mean, yeah, I think there's some there's some definite modifications, right, that I think need to be made. Um, the year round schedule, right, is one of the badge of honor for the company, right, yeah. and for the wrestlers. Is like we don't have an off season. That's why you know, and I think that. I think some of the reason why you have to deal with some of this is because of the the negative kind of reaction that many people associate with the with professional wrestling, right? Is that a lot of times it's looked at, and even in the John Oliver piece, right? At the very end, it's like I'm telling the fans to kind of to champion this, right? But then you go and you almost insult the fans by making a joke and making a quote unquote wrestling promo yeah. about calling that, right? I feel like those kind of those kind of things for me, kind of drive, you know, send a negative message to me as a fan because it's like, listen, I understand that you may look down upon it for one reason or another, but it doesn't necessarily mean that just because, you know, just because you don't understand it or you're not a fan of it and and you think it's one thing doesn't necessarily mean that that we have to take a shot. I'm also not really thrilled with the timing of this. Because it is WrestleMania, so that's why everyone's talking about it right now yeah. is because of that. I understand it, yeah. but if you really wanted to get your point across, which is a valid point, once again, I'm going to continue to say that, you could have made it at any yeah. point in time. It's not like this is new, yeah. right? It's been going on for 30 years. And the thing about WWE is they can't have, I don't feel like they can ever get an off season because I feel no. like there's a, there's a point of fans... And especially because they have big shows like SummerSlam. Yeah. They have shows almost three months, every three months of the year. Yeah. They have their big four. But you can't have an off-season. Because for me, as a big sports fan, I wasn't always the biggest baseball fan. Right. So summer was like, I would always hit WWE hard. I'd watch right. every show exactly. and stuff. There's different, and yeah. there's different seasons. And people are not big football fans. Mm-hmm. And football's the only thing going on from right. September to December. Right. Hey, I got wrestling to fall back on right. or something. Where like if you just go, hey, from... September to December, we're just not going to do anything. Right. Like, we're just going to yeah, take a hiatus not, for four yeah, months. Exactly. Then you're going to lose that big majority of fans that watch during that time exactly. or it's, something like that. So, so it's tough. I do think, like I said, I, I'm very interested to see where this goes, right? I know some people have been outspoken about it. Some former wrestlers have been very supportive of it. Do I think that they make good points? Yes. There's some the healthcare perspective. Absolutely. Yeah. I do think they should be able it to do something. that. You know, I, I think there's some changes will be made, but once again, to, to pin it all on, on one company or anything else like that just because of the last one standing really anymore, I think it's a little bit it's just a little bit unfair in, mm-hmm. in that regard. So it's you know, we're on the side of the wrestlers, we always will be on the side of the wrestlers, just like we are as the players. You wanna go get paid, we support the right that you wanna I, go get yeah. paid, right? So You just might not win ever again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. That's so fine, it is what it is, right? What we're talking to you, Kevin Durant. We'll talk about that in another show. Ooh, but all right, that's, well, that's a little teaser for maybe for next week. But up. For the Merc Zone, I am the mouth of Michigan, Robin Dyka. That is going to be it for episode 19. Reminder, we are on social media. We are on Spotify, iTunes. We're on everything. iTunes, everything else. Every Monday, 7 a.m. Every Wednesday at 7 a.m. We will see you guys, as always, next time.